This is Michael O'Connor, the Clueless Gent. In this episode, I will share with you one of my very favorite Texas authors. Why do I like his writing so much? Stick around and find out. We're a bookish Texas podcast. We try to keep it fun. So everyone who listens will stay until we're done. We'll talk about some Texas books and Texas authors too. And along the way, we hope to bring some bookish joy to you. During a 30-year career in journalism and communications, Jeff Hampton has covered and written about topics ranging from business and finance to history and faith. His bylines have appeared in publications ranging from the Dallas Morning News to the New York Times. Jeff's interest in observing the people around him has led him to write essays, short stories, and novels that explore relationships and communities in their many forms. His full bio, as well as links to his website and books, are all available in the show notes. Jeff, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. It's, uh, it's good to be here. I am so excited about having you as a guest. As I said, you are one of my very favorite Texas authors, and so I want to jump right into one of my uh, questions I've had for you for a long time. Your Port Aransas novels are two of my very favorite Texas books, so let's start with them. Where did that storyline come from? Well, the storyline uh, line happened by pure coincidence. Um, I was married for 25 years to a wonderful girl from Victoria, Texas, and her family would um, visit uh, Rockport and Port Aransas from time to time. And sadly, she died of cancer in 2008. And on the one-year anniversary of that event, I was headed down to um, to her parents' house to, you know, spend some time with them on that day. But I went down to Port Aransas first, and um, my goal was to step out on the beach at 7 in the morning on that anniversary morning and watch the sun come up. And so I went out to do that, and as I was standing there kind of in the low light of the morning and the... And the the fog and mist the way it is. A, a man entered entered my peripheral vision, and he kind of walked up to me and asked asked what I was doing. And I told him I explained why I was there. And uh, he started to walk away, and then he turned back to me and said, "I lost my girl too. I lost everything." And then he walked off, and I didn't see him again. And for the rest of that week and for, for weeks and months, actually, that little event played in my mind. And I started wondering, well, what, what is his story? What happened to him? And so he became the, the, the central character in the two Port Aransas uh, novels, a man named Sam Barnes. And so um, that's how that began. So between uh, that initial meeting on the beach and the time you actually put pen to paper, how much time did that have to percolate? You know, I don't recall exactly, but um, it, it might have been several months. And, and I, what I started out with was a, a short story that was um, just a couple pages, really, about a man who, um, well, actually, if you want to read the short story, oddly enough, you can read the first several pages of Aranda's Morning because I just, once the um, short story ended, 
that was that was basically it. The first the first uh, couple pages of the novel, and I was done with it. And uh, my wife today and some other friends said, "Well, what happens next?" And I said, "Nothing. You know, that's it. That's end of the story." Well, then then that started chewing on me too, and so I just built the rest of the story on that. But if you read the first couple of pages of Aransas Morning, then uh, that's that's the short story. I just went went on from there. <laughs> it's like there was a story there that just wanted to be told, huh? Right, exactly. And and you know, and then I finished the first novel and you know, because some people ask, Well what happened that what happens to that? We want to know more and I said, That's it. We're done. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we weren't done. There was there was more to the story after that. Yeah, so. that's that's how I felt after I finished the first one. There's gotta be yeah. more. Yeah. One thing I really enjoyed about your writing were the, were the characters. So how, uh, how, do you, how do you go about crafting endearing characters? That's a good question. And in Uranus' in story, um, Sam is a fictional character. The character Dave is, is somewhat based on myself. Some of his story is, is some of my story. Uh, the other characters, you know, you just... On the, on these books, I don't I didn't have an outline really at all. I just kind of started with Sam and then this Dave character who who uh, he meets on the beach and then they meet other people and then they just kind of start moving into into the town and the community and then other characters pop up. So as each character pops up, I kind of have to get to know them myself before I introduce them to the reader. One of your basic settings in uh, both books is a coffee shop, as I recall. Right. And I, I don't think I've ever read a bad story that was set in a coffee shop. <laughs> well, coffee shops, uh, I think probably most of us have been in one at least once. And there's always, you know, a local vibe there. There's a clientele there. I meet with, I meet with a group of guys, four or three other guys. On Thursday mornings, we've been doing it every every morning for more than twelve years, or it might be twenty years. So I know we we met this morning, but we're there every Thursday, and there's a group of other people in there, and we see the same people every Thursday morning at seven a.m. And you know, there we get to know each other just across the room, or, you know, just a little bit. And there's characters, and there's stories over here, and and so that's kind of that whole coffee shop kind of uh, situation. I loved your use of description. In addition to the coffee shop, you, there was a lot of uh, story that took place on the beach and on the pier. And, you know, right. I, I could actually immerse myself in, in those settings. When you were in the coffee shop, I, I could smell that coffee shop scent. And <laughs> I, I could smell the salt water, the, the spray. I could feel the sand squishing between my toes. You did a wonderful uh -huh. job with that. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, some people have asked, you know, did I grow up on the beach? You know, have I lived on the beach? Do I go there every year? And the answer to all of that is no. I seem to have a knack at observing and kind of inhaling the surrounding around me and the people around me. And so I, I, uh, I work with that. Without giving away too much of the story, you use weather as an antagonist in your story. Right. Why did you do that? Did, did you have to craft that weather like you did any other character? 
Well, in the second book, I believe the weather is a real event, and so I didn't have to craft that at all. But but anyone who's spent any time down on the coast, and uh, Victoria, Texas is not on the coast, but it's near enough it's near enough the coast and I've been, I had been there enough over 25 years to know that the weather there is a big, it's a big factor in their daily life, especially when the storms blow in. That just becomes, I guess, I guess if a, if a book was set up in the mountains and you'd have the wind and snow and things like that, I think, or the desert, you know, you'd have the heat and the dry and things like that. So I think, a lot of stories, if the geography and the location is right, I think the weather definitely can, can become a character. Yeah, it's always something. Yeah, it's always something. One of your other characters was a fisherman, at least in, in the first book. Were you ever a fisherman? You know, how did, how did you, you know, create that character? What, what kind of research did you have to do? Well, and I did have to do quite a lot of research because the, he's a shrimper. And shrimpers, or they have a certain, um, you know, there's a culture there. There's there's a history there. There there is a, a way of life, techniques and things like that of fishing. So I'm, I had I had to you know look into where shrimping is done on the Gulf Coast and what times of year it's done and some of the regulations and the boats and things like that. But at the same time, there's a, a there's a, a few people in in my past that uh, kind of fit that character. Um, my mother was from Orange, Texas, which is up the coast, right on the Sabine River, and there was a man there who was my grandparents' neighbor, and he was he was, and I hadn't thought about this until just now, but he he might very well be that character because he was just this kind of old salty. Bullheaded. Um, <laughs> oh wow! No, he, wasn't a, he wasn't a shrimper, but he—I mean—he had a way about him that is very much like that particular character. Wow! So, what's next from you? Well, um, people have asked me, okay, what happens next to these characters? <laughs> and I keep kind of saying, oh, I don't know. And on the one hand, I'd like to visit them again, and on the other hand, I'm ready maybe to explore a different cast of characters, although I haven't come up with that yet. Um, in the meantime, I have a new book coming out. Oh, cool. Tell us about it. Coming out in just a few weeks, actually. And it is, it is a collection of essays. The title is Together, Thoughts and Stories About Living in Community. Do you have, do you have an actual release date? You know, I don't, but we've we've finished it. They're going to the printer soon, and I should have a release date any any moment now. I think. So we're talking like April or May of twenty twenty one. No, we're talking about March. March later, oh. th- later this later this month. Probably. Oh wow! Nice. Yeah. yeah. So the background on that, um, for the for the last 10 years, I've been writing a weekly blog that's posted on Facebook by the church I attend. I attend Wilshire Baptist Church in East Dallas. Years ago, our associate pastor invited a group of us to um, write something every week. Doesn't matter what it is, you know, just something that's about community or spiritual or faith or whatever. And so I jumped into that because for me, it's a way to express myself. It's also kind of a, a challenge every week to come up with something. 
But a couple of years ago, my wife was looking, uh, looking at those and said, you know, you ought to do something with these. So she took it upon herself to go back and read probably just about every one. And this is probably, oh, 45, 45 blogs a year over a 10 year period. So, you know, it's 450 or something blogs. And, um, she picked out the ones she thought were the strongest and the ones she liked the best. And then I went back and kind of read over her shoulder and I discovered this kind of ongoing theme and, and it's community and community in its different forms, whether it's our family, our friends, our actual uh, community that we live in, our, our neighbors, the world, our country. And so I went back and, you know, did some revising and kind of uh, made them a little less, a little more timeless, so to speak, and uh, spent the usual amount of time um, sending them to publish, sending it to publishers and agents, and no one was interested. And I was getting ready to self-publish them myself, which I've had some good luck with on the Port Aransas books. But then a friend of ours had a book published uh, recently by a rather new publisher called Nurturing Faith Books, which is part of an organization called Good Faith Media. So on a whim, I sent them a a query, and they they liked it, and here we are. So are they like short stories? Are they just prose, poetic prose? You know, how, how would you classify them? Um, not short stories so much, uh, essays, maybe 500 words each. I'm not sure the word count, but they're, they're, you know, they can be read in two or two to three minutes. Most of them written, you know, uh, uh, some are stories from my own life. Some are my perspective on things that are happening around us in the community or in the world. Do they all have like Christian overtones? Um, yeah, I, I would <laughs> I would almost say Christian undertones. Some of some of my fellow bloggers in the church are ordained ministers or chaplains. They're you know, well versed in the Bible and things like that. Uh, I am I've been, I've been a church person my entire life, but I tend to I tend to find spiritual themes and messages in everyday life. On occasion, you know, I will preach, <laughs> but not very often. Occasion, I will quote a scripture, but it's probably a scripture that we've all heard a million times. It's usually not something. It's something that uh, vague or something that people haven't read. More often, I'm, I'm liable to um, quote a favorite song lyric from a, a secular artist that I like. But but within that there there's a spirit to it. There's a story of you know living together, working together, uh, redemption, things like that. It's kind of the same way in in, in my fiction. Well, I don't know if you got a religious overtone from the Aransas books, but I think there's a, a there's kind of a quiet thread of. Um, Faith and faith in each other, faith in the greater being, things like that. Well, there's definitely a sense of community in both of those stories. Right. Community yeah. is huge in those books. Yeah, 
and redemption. My wife keeps telling me, you, you write a lot about redemption, and I really don't set out to do that, but spiritual overtones and things like that. And so you didn't really write the prose to have that specifically in it. You know, you mainly went for, you mainly went for the community aspect. Right. Yeah. But not really intending to, but it, it, as it turns out, I've, you know, I've discovered about myself that that seems to be the theme that in, interests me. Of course I knew who my audience was. It was, it was the church, but it was also, it's posted on Facebook. So, you know, anyone, anyone can read it. So uh-huh. I knew who the audience was. I tend to just like to tell stories from my life as unremarkable as my life can be. But, but then it, as it turns out, one's life has a lot of connections to other people's lives. And so there's a lot, there's a lot that people can learn from, uh, hearing what other people have gone through. Well, that's true. But even a boring story, if it's told right, it can be, you know, very well received. Yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah. You know, in your Aranzas books, I wouldn't necessarily call them action novels. No. <laughs> but I mean, there was enough action, you know, to really keep me engrossed in the story. Yeah. In those books, music was a big thing in there. You know, different songs, you know, real songs. Mm-hmm. Do you have that in these um, articles as well? Different songs? Yeah. Um, occasionally, I have quoted lyrics from um, a variety of different people, although I've Writing, writing on a face on a blog that's posted on Facebook that you can just about borrow from anyone you want to. As it turns out, when you go to publishing that, then you have to get permission, and sometimes you have to pay for that permission. And so, I had to scale that back to some extent. But I still have some of my favorites in there: people like John Prine, Don McLean, and Randy Newman. People like that who, who they can they can say something in you know six lines it'll just knock your socks off. Yeah. So do you have to get permission just to mention a song or to include lyrics? Not to mention it, but if if you're if you're if you're quoting a you know like a whole verse or a chorus of a song, then you oh. have to get permission. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's the same way it is with books. Yeah. Okay, well, that makes sense. That makes sense. I thought you were going to teach me something new here, but yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're done with with that, and that's going to be published sometime this month. It's going to be coming out. So, yes. what are you currently working on? Well, in addition to that, I um, I work as a freelance writer for um, several different entities. I do regular writing for Baylor University, the School of Arts and Sciences. They have a magazine that comes out twice a year, and so I write articles for them about programs or projects, things of that nature. So I keep, I keep busy with things like that. Well, that's good. You know, writers, they, they just have to write. I'm glad you find yeah. your outlets. Yeah, and so I, I write for pay, and I also write for the love of it, and sometimes there's an overlap, and sometimes there's not. I get to do both. So. I think a lot of our listeners can probably empathize with that. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any questions? Yeah, did you write your own theme song? Yes, I, I wrote it and I recorded it. 
Yeah, that's you singing, huh? That's me singing. Whatever. <laughs> corny as it is. <laughs> no, I think it's great. I think I think it I think it adds a perfect flavor. I really do. I, I, the first time I heard that, I went, "That's just really great." <laughs> yeah, I, I wanted to add a little levity, you know, to the podcast, yeah. so it's, it's not all that serious. Yeah, it's got real personality too. That's actually the second version that um, I did with the lyrics. It's based on the Yellow Rose of Texas, of course. Yes, of course. I just had some fun with it, and I did have to do some pitch correction. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's actually also me playing the ukulele in there oh really i played wow, i played two different ukuleles i played a concert ukulele and a um, a ton of ukulele yeah oh wow you're a, a, a multi-instrumentalist <laughs> as, as they say i i had fun with it yeah well it sounds like it and i i just think it's a great touch yeah well, thank you i really appreciate that jeff i want to thank you again for being a guest sure. on our podcast. I, I was really looking forward to this. You remain to this day one of my very favorite Texas authors. Well, I appreciate that so much. And I appreciate the opportunity to talk about specific books, but also just talk about writing in general. And if you ever want to come back, just let me know. I'll be happy to have you. Okay, I'll do that. Uh, maybe when, uh, when I've got a new story to share, I'll, uh, I'll come back with it. That would be great. Jeff, thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed listening to Jeff Hampton half as much as I did, you enjoyed listening to him a lot. I mean, talk about bookish goodness. We had a ton of it from Jeff. I hope you were able to take something away when he talked about crafting endearing characters as well as the importance of community in his writing. If you've never read his Port Aransas books, please do, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about with his characters and description. This is Michael O'Connor, The Clueless Gent. Thank you so much for listening.